Embark on a transformative journey with my upcoming ebook, Five Ways to Rise and Thrive. This guide is your gateway to personal and professional success, offering inspiration, motivation, and practical strategies to elevate every aspect of your life. Be one of the first to unlock these five fundamental pillars of greatness by joining the waitlist. Simply email john at johnmerkus.com and not only will you go on the waitlist, but I'll send you by return email my emotional intelligence guide completely free. That's right, email john at johnmerkus.com to be on the waitlist for five ways to rise and thrive that's going to rock your world. Welcome to Rise and Thrive, Conversations for Greatness. We bring you captivating conversations with extraordinary individuals who have conquered challenges, achieved greatness, and are making a positive impact in the world. This is your go-to source for inspiration and motivation. I'm your host, John Merkus. Today, I'm thrilled to have a guest who personifies the essence of hard work, achievement, and greatness, an entrepreneur and author who moved to Australia when he was 21 to work towards building a better family, a better family, well, yeah, a better future for his family and himself. He's the author of a two-book series entitled The Indian Mate, two volumes that share the journey from Namaste to How Are Ya? And for our international listeners, us Aussies like to take several words and put them into one, and How Are Ya? is one of those words. So, if an Australian comes up to you or you hear them say, how are you? They're trying to say, how are you? I know it's crazy. It's one of many. Now you're educated in one way of being an Australian. And so that series or that uh, two-volume book series is a source of inspiration for people who belong to more than one country. Our guest has a bachelor's degree in business management, a master's degree in information technology, He's a family man with a wife and two kids, Rise and Thrivers. You know when you meet someone and you think, that person's going places? Well, that's the feeling I got when I met our guest six years ago. Welcome, the inspirational Devesh Serene. Thank you for having me, John. Hi, everyone. You take action to follow your dreams. And so it's my hope that the listeners are inspired to do the same after hearing your story. Now, Devesh, you are always about helping people and putting other people first to the point where you left your country to build a better life for your family. Got to tell us, what's your motivation behind that and to be so selfless and go for it? One of the reasons is the love for family. Like we all love our parents. You know, I have a younger brother and being the elder kid in the family, I felt it was my responsibility that, you know, if I could play my part in the life that we have today and along with that, making my life better as well. Yes, I, I enjoy making other people happy and adding value in their life. But in a way, it's rewarding for me as well. It's very fulfilling that you are in a position to be able to give back or what other people have taught you. So it's also motivated from that I've got that as well. You know, whether I was in India, I've had a lot of mates who've been there for me. I've had a lot of people who've taught me a lot of things. And the same thing when I came here. A lot of people gave this Indian guy a go. A lot of people taught me a lot of things, whether it's in corporates, whether it's in any other jobs or whether it's life in general. So that support that you need. I've been lucky to have and as a father or as a person who wants to give back or to make try and make a society where we are living together with with benefits or the strengths each other we bring from our culture or upbringings is what I'm trying to 
probably put together, I would say. Awesome. Now, you're a humble man. I know that about you as well. But to be able to have those people help you and, you know, make your own luck, you're bringing it. You're not sitting in the corner going, oh, I want this to happen or I wish this would happen. So it's who you are and who you be in the world that has you have these experiences, right? Yeah. And that's to be celebrated. I wanted to point that out because uh, I've heard you say, oh, yeah, I've had a lot of help. I've had a lot of help. But you've got to be the kind of person that is willing to be coachable, to have the help, things like that. Yeah, the drive was always there. I mean, Mm. one of the things I always assess myself is how far I can push myself, um, how far I can go. Um, And that's always been there. You know, like even when I came here with a thousand dollars, like, okay, how many jobs can I do or how much money I can make or how I can send money back home? And it's always that next thing. That's been one of the drives. And and yes, a lot of people have helped me as well. But but that's also probably, hopefully, I would say they saw that I was coachable, like you said, and also that I, I would be worth their time in a way. Yeah, you definitely are. You definitely are. So where do you think you got that drive from? You know, not everybody has it. Made a few things, uh, probably growing up in a country like India where there's a lot of competition to try and succeed there, that that's where you need to be driven. I think you don't have a choice. That's adapt or die to that or kind of like higher level in a way with a lot of people. Other than that, like uh, my cousin brother, who was a was a big mentor in my life. My mom, she, you know, she's, she's such a driven lady. She's always like making sure how everything's in place. Sometimes like stopping mom sort of thing. But there's a lot of people in my life who've, who've taught me to be driven. But I think there was something inside me as well that mm. I can't sit calm, I think. It's like, okay, what's next? What can yeah. I do? And it's also that recognition that I'm going to die one day. What I build today that's meaningful is going to stay once I'm gone. So yeah. it's also that purpose that I've been able to find in it and that just awakening in a way. I love that attitude because some people avoid the harsh reality of being human that one day we're not going to be here. There's going to be a day where we're not going to be here. So what are we going to do with the time that we have, with that slice of time that we have? What are we going to do? And in the scheme of the universe, depending on what you think, it's four plus billion years old. That's 4,000 million years. And if we're lucky, we might get to 70, 80, 90, 100 if we're super lucky. Who knows, right? And with technology, we might be heads in a jars and last for years. Who knows? But to have that mindset of, I don't know how long I'm going to be here for. I'm going to make my time count. That is so inspiring, mate. Thank you. I know you've had a big challenge as well because you've been diagnosed with cancer So, and a survivor, I must say. So I guess that's another bit of a wake-up call to go, I'm not going to be here forever. How am I going to make my mark? Yeah, and John, one thing I'd say is that thyroid cancer was the best thing that happened to me. Well, hang on a minute there. Now, that's that's a mindset of greatness right there, right? No. <laughs> but keep going. Um, but it's it's true, though. So you mentioned about the book, The Indian Mate. So I was towards the ending part of it. But it's like when you're putting yourself out there, everything's on the line, and you're writing a thing like a book that's going to stay there, you're always trying to make it perfect. If the, the cancer was a deadline in a way that I did not know how much time I had. And that, then it changed to, I need to finish this quick. I need to put it out there. And if this is the last thing I'm meant to do, then I'm going to I'm gonna end my life with a book. And that's how I ended up booking the MCG and everything. So in a way, yes, that, that was the best thing happened to me. And you're right, it was another 
point to remember in life that hey i'm going so you know this is this is the best i can do and you know i need to push myself wonderful in that even thinking that the end might be soon you're still thinking i want to leave this legacy and i want to write this story and i want i want to i want to leave my mark it's just simply amazing and we're going to talk about the book because i would wanted to start with the writing of the book about you know sometimes things happen to us that propel us towards greatness you've mentioned a few already but tell us about that conversation on the train that started everything the conversation on the starting of the book you mean yeah, on the train where that guy said, who are you for? Yes, that train part is another example, but that's happened a lot. Like it's even happened at the footy club where I go every now and then. It's it's the awareness of the people. So I look like the Indian guy, but I'm Australian by choice. So going to the game, you know, the drunk guy is like, oh, which side are you supporting, us or them? Whereas in my mind, there's like, there's no... There's no them or us. Like, mm. I'm an Indian guy who's chosen to be an Australian. And I can't support any of the team because India is a country that got me ready for what I am in today. And Australia is the country that gave me the platform for it. For me to be able to say that I support one over the other is is probably not fair. I've taken mm. an oath to be an Australian by choice. And, you know, we're pretty, pretty rubbish to not follow it. You know, I'm, I wouldn't be mad of my word. And, you know, my, my commitment is to this country. So that that was one of the reasons and the dilemma of writing The Indian Maid and mentioning these real problems and the challenges that a migrant actually goes through. It's like, which side do I support? You know, you're part of both. You've grown up in one. It's, it's in your blood mm. uh, and you've chosen. And it's another country that you're grateful to be in that has given you a lot of opportunities. Well, and I, I relate because of my parents being migrants to Australia as well. And then they went through the same journey and the same mind shift i guess or the or the the whatever we want to call it how where you were born in one country but you've pledged allegiance to another and this country's given you opportunities and so I, i'd imagine it's it's uh you've still got your heritage and there's plenty and there's plenty of it tell us about the book volume one which i've got here in my hand i've read some of it i only got it two days ago so i haven't read all of it but i'm loving it and you know i made a mistake because i only bought one i thought i'll look i can only read one at a time i bought one but i should have i should have got them both because then you get the full divesh picture i've only got half the picture at the moment but don't worry I'll, I'll, I'll get the other half please tell the listeners about the book because i think a lot of people want to write a book or think about writing a book you did it. I know you had that motivation with your diagnosis as well to, to finish it, but you'd already started it by then and you'd already started writing and you had some things that propelled you towards doing it. So over to you, mate. Tell us everything we need to know about the Indian Mate Volume 1 and 2. Yeah, definitely. So I came to Australia in Feb 2008 and I, and I always say, you know, on the day at the airport, if anyone would have said, write down everything on a piece of paper that you'd like to achieve in this country in your lifetime, I was lucky that about six years ago, that was already done. You know, I was lucky to bring my mom, my dad and brother as sponsors. Like, and that, that was like a biggest thing. Something I probably did not even believe is possible for someone like me, landing in yeah. the country with a thousand bucks, trying to make a living, try to, you know, do the basic thing any any simple guy like me would want. Well, mate, I've um, got to interrupt you when I hear amazing points, right? I, I have to, but I'm, I'm going to ask you to keep going, but... but so you've come here with $1,000 in your pocket and one of your goals is I really would like to bring my mum and dad and brother over to make a better life for them as well. So, and you're the oldest, right? So you've kind of 
broken the mold to go away somewhere to a different country to make a better life for your entire family. No, thank you. The part that you say is amazing is the reason I've written the book in a way that it shouldn't have to be a big deal. I think we all of us love our family. We'll do anything for our family. And that was one of the things that always kept going for me. You've known me for a few years and and I guess you've known that I've driven with the part of, okay, I need to do this, this and this, and this is what's going to happen in the end. And a lot of the things was, okay, I need to send money back home or I need to get a house or I need to be in a position where I can help others. So when about six years ago that happened, all the things I would have said that I like to achieve, they were done. I, I did not know what the purpose of my life was in a way. It's like, I don't even think all of that would happen. What am I supposed to You achieved to too much. You look, what, what now? <laughs> yeah, so, and and then I started looking at some, some real things along my journey. And, and the idea was to write a blog about the journey of what a migrant goes through, what it's like growing up in a country like India, in a middle-class family, dreaming about coming to a developed nation like Australia and building a life here, what an international student goes through. What's the 7-Eleven guy going through? Why, why has he left everyone that he's known? And, or the taxi driver that you met today? What, what actually goes through in their background? Why are they working 12-hour shifts? Or why are they doing all these crazy things that we see people doing along us? Like the kids sleeping on the train. You're right. So what you're saying is there's more to someone's life than what you see or that stereotypical definition of someone. Yes. Yeah, and, right. and I wanted to share that. Also, because a lot of people would ask me, you know, like, why did you come to Australia? Even to educate a lot of people on what's that whole story behind it. So in the two volumes, the first one talks about, it starts from even people before me, that what a country like India is. So India went through the biggest migration in human history in 1947. Uh, when it's it was when made. the British left, right? The British yes, left. and then yeah. that's right. And Pakistan was created then. So India was divided and, you know, like the people migrated from one side to the other. It started a lot of mass killing based on religion, a lot of differences, a lot of hatred. And yes, the India versus Pakistan match, even today, is one of the biggest watch matches. But that, that's because of the competitive rivalry. And obviously it's gone better over the years. But at that time, the biggest migration happened where people left everything, you know, and they moved from one place to the other. And that's how... India as a nation started rebuilding itself. And then it's about people that are growing in that sort of mindset. People like me after that, who are born like about 50 years later, 40 years later. What it's like growing up in a middle-class family. You don't have a lot of money, but you have some to be able to get through stuff. But your parents thinking you're best sending to a good convent school so that your English is good. You try and get good grades, all of that. And then part of you like, what can I do? And then you look at a lot of people like me going to a country like Australia and doing well, which was one of my motivations. So then it's like working towards that dream to the point that you're like, okay, maybe if I have meal two times a day, I'll save my job money. You know, I'll be able to save that money faster. And what my cousin, Vish, who I mentioned before, being one of my mentors, he, it got to the point that he got so sick of watching that, that it's going to take you so long that he arranged the money for my first fee and he paid that. And I had those thousand dollars to actually, okay, go and start your life. Let's see how this goes. And I'm happy to put a bet on it. And there's no time. Whenever you can pay me back, you, you can do that. And, you know, even if you can't, that's the kind of trust he put in me because he, he could feel how much I really wanted to do it, yeah. which, which I think is the power of passion. Like if, if people see you, that you're crazy enough, like, you know, and, and that was because obviously we talk a lot, 
he knew that I'm like, okay, I think I'll save like hundred bucks, hundred rupees, I should say, if I didn't didn't have the lunchtime meal, you know, like have one one of those. And he's like, okay, I think this is enough now. We need to do something about it. So yeah, but that kind of mindset, like you you were there with me on Saturday at the event where I spoke about that haircut. I shaved my hair fully so that I had to wait. Probably, I could get through a couple of months in Australia where I didn't have to pay about, say, $20, $25 yeah. uh, to be able to save that money. And I came here and that's where volume one ends. Mate, that devotion to your dreams and your willingness to do whatever it takes to push that forward, these are the kind of things that I've, I'm getting goosebumps to saying that because these are the kind of things that it takes and that not everyone does and we need to plug into that motivation and hear stories like you that you you would go to those lengths and say i'm going to shave my head or get a buzz cut or whatever it is so i can save some money so i don't have to get a haircut soon enough or i'm going to be okay with two meals a day so i'm going to skip the third so i can so i can save the money and i love that story how your cousin then saw your devotion to your passion and literally bet on you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It just shows that when you do take that action, so you can have the mindset, when you do take the action and others see, you will get the help that you need. I still think it's bloody amazing to come here with a thousand bucks and go, let's give it a go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so when, you, when, you, you, go go yeah, when you don't have a lot to lose, I think it's much easier in yeah. a way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's volume one. And yes. volume two, that just doesn't happen overnight either. Yes, it doesn't. Well, the book took me about nearly five and a half, six years to write. Wow. Well, English being my second language, I can't make it singing in a way, you know. So mm. you try to hack one page, you relive your cry, you relive your life, you're crying at 4 a.m., you know, going through all those challenges and you write and then you, you know, crush it all and then you start again. But with yep. volume two that you, that you said, the second volume of the Indian Maid, the preface starts with me listening to the Indian national anthem, Jan Ganman. So that's the day of my Australian citizenship ceremony. Where all this time, this migrant coming to Australia, getting that security of job, getting the security that you won't be deported or you won't have to go back. You can still keep on making the money which you need for yourself and your family to survive and do well. Yeah, right. I can see how that was a key milestone to have that security. Yes. Yep. And... Along with that, you forget that when you're going to take this out and the citizenship, you're going to lose what you had as well. It, it's going to come at that cost. You you surrender your Indian passport. Could imagine the mixed feelings there. Yes. So that's that's where the preface of it starts. That I'm I'm listening to it. I'm like I did not even remember that. Realize I should say in this rat race, trying to trying to take all the boxes or trying to do the things that I'm meant to. That you know I. India won't be a part of my life. I'll be, I won't be an Indian citizen anymore. So it's like mm. moving to a totally different, different level that, that security did come at a big cost. And till that day, I didn't even realize. So that's, that's where the, the preface of it starts. That, that's part of the second volume later down. And uh, the volume starts at me landing here in Australia. Uh, like you said, you know, full motivated, a bag full of dreams, not just clothes. <laughs> and it's like things I want to achieve. I'm so pumped. I've worked hard. In India to be able to get myself ready with a good English. I'd worked in call centers, I'd worked in tech support, I had learned, I've done my bachelor's and I know what it's like to do a night shift and go to work, which was less common in, in the city I'm from, Ludhiana. So I felt I had done my drills, as you can say in footy. 
that that I was ready for the game. So that that was the good time. That was the Vish version 1.2 was rolling at that time. And yeah, what it's like coming to a country like Australia, going through challenges, trying to adapt people. And the reason the subtitle is from Namaste to Hawaii. Um, I don't think a lot of people can say this line in one without stuttering, you know, in, in just that one go. But that's to actually give them a significance of that journey is hard. It's it's not that easy. So along with that, how hard it is to find a job because everyone's looking for an Australian experience. Then you start with the odd jobs. Even though I thought, okay, well, I've worked in a company like, say, Dell. Uh, it would be very easy for me to job, find a job. But no, I, I still have to work at McDonald's. I still had to work at Servo, do all the odd things that you can think of, but which was fine. But it was taking a lot of those things that I was meant to. And then finishing my master's and then meeting a girl on, on the wheel line going to the McDonald's shift because I used to work in the countryside because it's easy to get work there. Right. So you would you travel to the country so you could get the work there? Yeah. So I'd get permanent wow. night shifts there. Initially, I moved there in Druin because some of my cousins lived there. But yeah, that's right. that's where I've worked pretty much all of my student life. And isn't that? Did you meet your wife on the on the train? Yes, I met my wife on the wheel line train at the packing right. station when I initially saw her. But yes, yeah, nice. So this is why you're following your your dreams, doing any job that you can to to make ends meet, and that's where you met your wife. Yes, along the wow. way. Wow, you got to tell us about that. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I used to sleep on the trains. That used to be my kind of travel because the travel was so much. I was doing like three jobs at that time. And then I would I'd change the, the, the wheel line. Uh, the normal train stopped at Packingham and I was supposed to take the wheel line. And I saw her at the station and I'm like, oh, she's cute. And <laughs> yeah, like, and yeah, just, just when we got on the train, I, I sat at a bit of a distance and and I said hello to her and, you know, um, well, she told me later that she thought I was good as well. So that worked nice. out. Um, yeah. And then, so I just said hello to her and I introduced myself as Dave. Yep. I, was, I was fairly new to Australia still, about, I think, less than a year. And, uh, you know, good luck with trying to spell Devesh for everyone. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we kept it simple and said, hi, I'm Dave. Yes. So, yep. and, and she looked at me and she kind of giggled a little bit. Like, okay, you don't look like a Dave. Um, but <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we had a good chat and then, I, then we connected on Facebook and we went on a date. The date was interesting and, you know, I feel like a lucky guy she gave me a go even after that because I didn't have a lot of money. So I asked to split the bill. I said, in our culture, you know, we only go with arranged marriage, so don't expect too much out of this. Um, you said so that on the first I, day. Yeah. Well, you know, now the, the, no, no, I'll probably give you an idea. It's like trying to set expectation. Probably don't yeah, do that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, under commit, over deliver, that should probably not go into dating life and especially not on the first date. But that, that's now, what, what I did. You're an amazing IT guru. You're an amazing storyteller. You're a great author. But one thing you're not, mate, you'll never probably be as a relationship, a first date relationship counselor. <laughs> yes. But, but it all worked out. So, what's your wife's name? Catherine. Catherine, shout out to you. You saw greatness in this man, even though he made you split the bill and you said, I'm probably going to have an arranged marriage, so don't expect too much out of this. <laughs> but I think I could be a coach, John. I could be oh, a coach okay. on what not to do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. this is what... And I shouldn't limit you, mate. You can do any bloody thing you want to do. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't limit you. 
so yeah, and she she stuck by me when I was nothing, and you know we mm. we dated for a few years, about four years or so, and and it got to the point where I'm like, th- this woman's been there for me forever, and you know going down the path of arranged marriage, everything, all that. It's something that I don't feel right doing because some, mm. I have someone here who's given up a lot to, to make things work for me. And, you know, I, I now have a family here, her, her family that, that have accepted me as a son. Right. So then it was the opposite way. It changed into that, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge the norm, that I don't have to go and arrange marriage and going against the family, convincing my parents. Then my brother coming here, that same cousin brother, he came here with two rings and to meet Catherine to approve and in a way like kind of like trying to be like, okay, what's the right thing to do? And that's how we got engaged after that. Right. So just to clarify, there were still expectations in the family for you to be involved in an arranged marriage, even though you had met Catherine and you were very happy in that relationship and you saw a future, obviously saw a future with her because you wanted to challenge that. It's like, hang on, I don't think I'm up for this arranged marriage stuff because I've met the love of my life. And but you still kind of went through that ceremony a bit where it had to get approved. I suppose once they if they thought, oh, okay, we'll give it the approval, then no one loses face and it's all right. Yes. Well, I hadn't told my family for a long time. So, but when I did, and the whole conversation started, and we had decided to go down that path. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when they're like, okay, we want to make sure he's doing the right thing because my my parents have grown up in a little city, so their exposure to everything as well and, and and that's coming from the thing of okay he's probably young not making the right decision he's getting excited at the million women in this city yeah <laughs> and it's it's coming from a place of care yeah 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 so which i'm lucky to have yeah yes. that's a very good way to look at it mate i love the way you look at life so now we've talked about your lovely wife and and how you found love in your life keep going with uh, volume two for us we need to know more about that yeah, and see, after the after the marriage, so we had a marriage in Australia and then a marriage in India as well to try and cater for all the friends, to try and cater for both the cultures. And then go. I went home after five years to the point that I was sitting in the car. My mom, my brother, my mom and dad, they had arranged a whole drum roll. The whole the whole colony was out <laughs> to, to make actually you. see. Yes. But I was actually shaking inside the car to actually be able to see my parents again because it, mm-hmm. it had nearly been half a decade. But after that, I was more motivated to bring them here, working hard in, in my job. Then I had a weekend job as well on Saturdays and Sundays. And just going along the race, you know, 10 years of almost go, go, go. I was lucky that they got their sponsorship. I was able to work that all on. And they're part of the dream life that I'm lucky to have today. That's that's where the second volume of The Indian Man ends. And it's, it's more about, okay, I feel I've applied the part that, okay, now they're in a country that they're stable from a Medicare mm. perspective or health or like they can share their lives comfortably. Um, yep. Now I'm going to try and see who I am, like as a person I'm meant to be, where I can mm. challenge myself more. And that's where the second volume ends. Thanks for explaining that. And so what? A, so the major milestone happened where your family's out here and, and you've written your two volumes about it, which uh, you, listeners get a copy, get both volumes of this. Don't do what I did and go, I'll just get volume one and then get volume two after I've read it. Get both volumes from the indianmate.com.au got the, yeah, the indianmate.com as well so dot au oh, goes to got both okay yeah. mate see he's already catered for both so, you, so it makes it easy i love it that'll be in the show notes as well but definitely an amazing inspiring book i had an amazing saturday afternoon and saturday evening devesh had an idea 
and within eight to 10 weeks, pulled that idea off and all hinged around International Migrants Day, which is actually today. So, Devesh, can you tell us about that? Because it's another inspiring story for people that have an idea, taking action, making it happen, and it being a success. So tell us how it happened, what the idea was, and what happened, and I'll add my experience to it after you tell us all about it. No, definitely. So Saturday, we, we celebrated International Migrants Day at the Immigration Museum, and where we showcased migrant life. The idea started from a lot of people actually asking me, saying, okay, well, you've written your book, and you could see it in their eyes that I wish someone wrote a book about my journey, because I've had a lot of struggles with my migration journey. I wish someone highlighted that as a source of inspiration or, you know, something my kids or other people would read and hopefully will motivate the next generation. That's where the whole thing started since my book launch. I'll go to events or I'll, I'll go and speak. Some people come to me, oh, I could relate to this so much. And, you know, people would message me. And, and I could feel that it's such a big problem in a way that, that there's definitely a need to highlight that. So after a while, I kind of got into the zone. It's like, doesn't matter. If no one else is doing it, I'm going to give it a crack. So end of September and October, I planned the whole thing that, okay, how am I going to showcase this? I'm going to go and actually go into the submission. I'm going to take the risk off that in two months we'll have everything ready and we'll have good people. So I ran campaigns where people would go and actually submit their story. As long as they put in a good effort, it's a good story that can motivate the generation and highlight their challenges. We chose them as a finalist and we showcased them in a museum with one page on each person. Uh, and 24 finalists that were part of it on the day and did a whole event around it. It was magnificent. There was so much love in the room, inspiration, togetherness. It was really an extraordinary event, Devesh, that that you ran. And what a perfect place to have it at the Immigration Museum. And that is in Melbourne, Australia, for those that are not quite sure where that is. And that is opposite the river where the boats used to come in. So, yes. and, the, and the, a place called Customs House. So if you needed to pay your customs, you would go, you would park your boat on the river, walk across the Customs House and do it. And now it's a wonderful migrants museum. And while I was there, I looked up the boat that my mum and dad came over on. So they came over in 1952 on a boat, an Italian boat called the Fair Sea. And it was in, it was in their archives. So that was, so that was nice as well. Really enjoyed the guest speakers that you had. And so you had parliamentarian, you had human rights activists, you had a monk, you had an opera singer and teacher, various other, uh, you had one of Australia's uh, premier actresses. I think you're allowed to say actresses. She calls herself an actress, so I'll say that. She's gender specific, yeah. the way she refers to herself. So I'm going to feel safe to do the same thing. You brought all these people together. How did that come about? How did, and I know you're probably going to say it was simple, I just asked them, but <laughs> how did you get all these people together? Well, I've, I've been in this space for a while now. So after my book launch, it's, it's related to a lot of people. So like a lot of people have reached out to me. I've been a part of a few events. So I think I'm, well, I'm known as the Indian man in a way now, <laughs> like the guy who's trying to talk about migrant stories and doing an event around it. I reached out a few people who, who've asked me like that they would like to support things like this and some of the people I know and some of the people I asked. So it, and it was like kudos to their support that they, they came on the day. I know how hard it is around Christmas time and for everyone to come together on the one roof and 
showcase the actual strength that we had. Um, mm. that, that was that was amazing. And but to answer your question about how how I brought them together, mate, like I, I just say I'm a lucky guy. I I take all these crazy ideas into the market, and there's a, we we try we we try with a lot of people, or we try to ask for support, and we get a lot of it. Yeah, and I would put it to you that it's a bit like your cousin that bet on you. People can see you're a person that is up to some things, that's passionate about what they're doing, loves helping others, and and so it's a, an easy answer to say yes. No, thank you, mate. Appreciate your support and you know the confidence that you have. Well, I just had a wonderful weekend because of that event, so I want to thank you for, for putting that on. It also helped me connect with my family as well because people ask you about your migrant story and how you come to be at the event and there was people from all walks of life all nationalities and I think more than ever we need to remember that we're just all human beings it doesn't matter where you come from we all have different backgrounds we might look different but we're human beings we have the same desires and needs we want to be loved we got to eat we need shelter you know the old Maslow thing we all need that we're not separate I think it's when we when we start to think of ourselves as separate from that's where the trouble starts. No, thank you, Wayne. And uh, one of the things I'd say, I think it comes from a lot of insecurity in a way mm. that, mm. you know, they're probably going to take my piece of the pie or do this and you, you don't know mm. enough. So to bring that education piece and it's like living in a big family with different sort of mindset, mm. like mm. Um, how do you coexist? Uh, and that was one of the examples on the day that there are that many people that have put themselves out there. The challenges are very similar. Mm. And we need to get together and do something about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so we had also someone playing the harp, which was uh, absolutely gorgeous. I've never heard the Australian national anthem on the harp, and it was absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you were the first one to stand up. And I thought, yeah, because I, I always stand up when I hear the anthem, but because it was on the harp and there was no one singing, I think there was a bit of, do we stand or, or what do we do? And you mate you led that you led the crowd and went yeah we're standing up it's like yeah all right and then at the end because you hear it at sporting events so much i always want to cheer and go yeah come on oh no i couldn't do that at the, <laughs> at the event you had another very exciting announcement and because you have got your background in um, business and and it i was absolutely rapt to hear your surprise announcement of the Indian Mate app or the Belong app, the Indian Mate. Tell us all about that because I think that is an absolute wonderful idea. My parents got here in 1952 and if I was to go back to 1952 and tell them, hey, there's going to be this thing that you can hold that's going to help you with your migration, <laughs> that would just that's just science fiction. Tell us all about it. No, thank you. And... Yes, that's something that I've been working this year a lot on after writing the book and trying to take that message further to others. So the Indian Red Belong app is a social platform which helps people from different countries when they're coming, well, starting with Australia at the moment, that they can actually go and ask for help post-related to topics that they would need assistance and people from the community would help them. A lot of other things that, first of all, the migrants' life. So people who were showcased on the day, on Saturday, they'll be there people whose journeys have been similar to what people can relate to and serve as a source of inspiration. And then another option like events, being able to actually connect with people who offer services that they might need. So it's a whole social platform around it, which would be helping the next Devesh 
I would say, to be able to integrate into a country like Australia. And hopefully we can take it worldwide now. That's fantastic. And I actually downloaded the app on the day as uh, as requested. And I noticed you had a, a few questions. So it's not just an app that you just download and, and then it's, it's, you know, on your phone that you never look at. You had yep. some questions there to really understand who was joining the platform. And I like that you had to say why you were joining the platform as well. Yes. We don't what, want what users was... just for the sake of it. Yeah, right. Yep. And that, that makes a lot of sense. So my why was because if I can, obviously not migrating because um, my parents do that and I'm here, but was to help anyone that is migrating, if there's some way that I can help in some way, shape or form, I would love to. And that's why that's why I'm on the platform. So uh, if our audience knows anyone that is, is it specific to Australia? I suppose it is because it has services and, and help for Australia. Yes, it's starting with Australia. We've added New Zealand as well, but hopefully we'll scale it out to other countries as well. But the first part of it would be in these two countries at the moment. Great, mate. I hope you go global and there's an Indian mate for every country. No, thank you. And, <laughs> you know, thank you for being you. Like you're doing these podcasts, actually putting stuff out there for people. I know how much time it would take to the point that I, I haven't even looked at something like that because I know the editing, the everything. And just for you to be able to join the app, not just... You know, like I'm not a migrant. A lot, like the general attitude for a lot of people is, oh, it doesn't benefit me. But to be someone who says, okay, I'm going to join it so I can help other people who come into Australia, and I'm going to play mm. my part of being an Australian. Mm. Um, that's the mateship that we talk about. So yeah. thank you to you too. It's an absolute pleasure. As uh, the listeners can hear, we've got a mutual appreciation society going here and I love it and I love it. Well, so this is Conversations for Greatness. And after all the things you've shared with us and the journey that you've been on and you've had your challenges, you've had your successes, your ups and downs, how do you define greatness and what does it mean to you personally? See, greatness for me is to be able to do things, like I said to you in the starting is, do things that help other people that because and creating something that's that's there even when you're not go, when you're gone that's that's the number one thing for me and to be able to get in a position where while you helping other people you can still feed your family and you you are in a position to give back to other people that's that's my measure of success greatness whatever the world calls it and to be happy and fulfilled from inside just some basic things it doesn't have to be rocket science Yes, I've written a mission statement for myself that, you know, I do want to help migrants and things like that, but that's that's where the basic core of it is. So if people are listening to this with the perspective of that they want to do better or what what is it that they can push, I think you have to find the person you are. It's very hard for me to do something for myself sometimes, but if you put someone I love or something I care about on the line, I'll be awake till 3 a.m. Mm. So that's what I try to use to be th- awake till 3 a.m. Um, there's not a little, lot of people who will be like, okay, I've written a book. I'm going to make a whole social platform based on it. Uh, so, but yeah. those are the kind of crazy ideas. Like, okay, well, a lot of people are messaging me, but I know this is a genuine problem that they're talking about and no one mm. I see is addressing it at the moment. So, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll take our stakes higher on it. Yep. Well, you are a problem solver. I want to get to that in, uh, in, in a second, but you said something there about you've got a personal mission statement. I think that is a great idea. Sometimes in past episodes we've said, don't just think it, ink it, right? So the power of the written word 
And then seeing that, no doubt you've got that somewhere for easy easy access, whether it's displayed or, or whether it's uh, in a book or somewhere or in a journal or whatnot. What was the motivation behind writing yourself a mission statement? I think it's to keep myself in line, in a way. Mm. Um, mm. It's something that I can always look up and like get up, look up and be like, okay, this is this is like the focus part of it. Having a goal as well, I think these things help. It's like in some cases, which is being able, okay, what am I doing today? Or to get you in that zone. Like a lot of people listen to music before they, like a lot of, you hear to a cricket player or a footy player, like, what do you do? Like, I listen to this song. Mm. For me, it's like, okay, what, what am I meant to do today? You know, I want to challenge myself. That's the person I am. But at the moment, this is part of my life. I've written a book on it. I'm going to help other migrants. And what can I do more in this space? And that's one of the things that keep me going. Awesome. So what I'm hearing, it's a bit like a rudder of the ship. So it kind of steers you in the direction that uh, that you want to go in. Yes, it definitely helps with that, I feel. You mentioned songs before. I've got a Spotify playlist called Merco Motivation and I ask all my guests, is there a song that lifts you up, that's upbeat, that you put on uh, and motivates you or makes you feel upbeat? Because I feel when you are upbeat or in that kind of state, you can get more done and you can follow your dreams. Is there a song like that for you? Uh, yes, I really like the fight song. The fight song. Who sings that? Yes. Uh, Rachel Platten. When I'm when I'm down, sometimes I listen to Christina Perry, "A Thousand Years," because that that was our wedding song, and you know it's it's one of the days I remember. And you know, walking my watching my wife walk down the aisle, it, it kind no. of brings that whole reason of the family part of it, and you know what I'm how lucky I am to have great things in life. It does sound motivating. What's your favourite song? I've got a few on the Merco motivation list because I started it to motivate myself and then I thought, oh, I want to hear what all the guests have to say. So the first song on the list is one that I shazammed at the gym. You're right. <laughs> and it's called I Can't Wait by people I can't pronounce but featuring Poppy Bascom. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. It's the very first song. But I also like I, the Tiger Survivor. Can't go oh, past yeah. that. That's Sometimes I play that at the start of meetings if I'm meeting with some people. And yeah. so they'll think I'm crazy, but they'll come on the line on the virtual meeting and they'll hear this. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm smiling. It just gets me going every time. Yes. I love your energy, mate. How, how you, like it's pretty positive, and, but it's, it's amazing. Like, I wish I could bring that up straight away as well. But it comes from inside you and that, I don't know, I can do it to that extent. I'm a more introvert who's trained to be an extrovert when needed, but I think you're a natural performer. You know, whether Thanks. it's comedy, you know, putting yourself out there, whether it's playing a guitar, whether it's showing care for your mates, you know, so kudos to you. You're, you're a unicorn. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I love it. I love it. And I suppose that's that's why I do it because I love it. And it doesn't feel like I'm making an effort. I just kind of do it. But I saw a very powerful man at the event on Saturday, a man in control of his destiny, a man who was doing great things, a man who brought people together to make the world a better place. My next question to you, Devesh, is what would Devesh today tell that Devesh that was coming to Australia that's about to get on that plane? What advice would have you given yourself? Uh, the only thing I'd say to the young Devesh is it's going to happen, believe, like the believer's always there, but it's more like don't don't stress yourself out too much because you're going to get a lot of grey hair. 
you know, like it's it's gonna happen. It's it's something that even you can't stop because you're meant to be, uh, and the passion inside you, it's gonna drive you and get you there. You're gonna meet a lot of people that are gonna help you, so don't think you're alone. Even like you, you might feel that way that we able to you know get together with your family, which is something that seems very hard today. But if if you just keep going, you know, it's gonna take less than four thousand days to change the generations after you. Wow, there's something in that for everyone. So if you're listening to this, wondering, is it going to happen? What do I need to do? I'm not sure. There's some words of wisdom from Devesh today to his 21-year-old self that I think we can all take something out of. So Devesh, you've got the Indian Mate Volume 1 and Volume 2. i got a feeling you're still putting pen to paper. What's Have you got another book coming? Yes, it is. It's called Migrant's Life, Volume 1. So it will, my next book would be one page on each migrant, similar to what we did for the event, where we showcase one page on each person. And that book would contain people who are part of more than one nation and, and their stories, which would be highlighting how we did it on the day. So um, mm. that's something that I'm really looking forward to in the coming times. Great listeners. Well, so after you've read Volume 1 and Volume 2, there'll be another book coming that is uh, inspirational stories from from people that follow their dreams and make a difference where they go. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Devesh. And with the app, I don't know if I mentioned, uh, so how how would you like people to access this, this app? It's available on the Android and the Apple Store. They can just go there and search the Indian Mate and the Belong app would come up. And yep. otherwise, they can go to www.theindianmate.com slash app and it will automatically take you there based on the device that you've got. i got a feeling... Well, I know 2024 is going to be absolutely massive for you, as 2023 was, and there's no reason why the next, this coming year won't be any different. And that was a wonderful event that I attended. Have you got any more events coming up, or what are you thinking about uh, doing in the coming future? Yeah, so the event we just did on Saturday, where we showcase people's life from different countries, that's something that I hope to be able to do every year, till the day I am. You know, So we'll soon be opening up the option to be able to make submissions to people where they can come and submit like everyone else did i'll i'll definitely put out stories if someone wants to be a part of it they can probably message you or they can reach out to me to like whatever platform they use along with that the same for the book as well where we'll be taking submissions i still have to work out the whole logistics part of it plan mm-hmm. it through before we go to market so mm-hmm. expect those updates and around january i would say we will be planning, start planning for the whole events and the book. So I'm going to have all those details in the show notes. Everything will pretty much be on the Indian Mate, right? So that's how we can get in contact with you. That's how we can make inquiries yeah. about the book. Maybe if you're listening, thinking, I've got a great story, I would love to be part of that book. That's how you can, that's how you can reach uh, Devesh. And if there's an event every year, that is also wonderful. And I dare say I'll be there in in some way, shape or form as an audience member at at the bare minimum. Devesh will be there. So you can come along and say hello to us there as well. I can't wait for the next event. No, thank you. And thank you for your support. But yes, people can download it from the iOS and Android platforms and the search Indian Mate. And in there is the option to make a submission as well where you can just put in your details and submit your interest. I just thought of that. And also in the Connect tab, there's an option to submit your details if you want to talk to the Indian mate. There's a button for it. That makes total sense. So you have the app and then that connects with the things that you're doing and that makes it easy for people to do that kind of stuff. That makes total sense. Thank you. So 
is it like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it like a Facebook or something like that kind of platform for people to connect with similar interests and similar needs and similar desires? It's called a social platform. So I would say it's similar in a way. However, it's different to that we're not showcasing people what we choose to show them or how we design the logarithm. It's based on you enter your location, you can set up your search results, you enter the topic that you want to see things for, and you can choose to set alerts as a person who wants to be around those topics, and you'll get alerts based on that. And you can post, in a, obviously users would post in a particular topic that they need help with like work, travel and immigration, study, or any other thing like housing, anything that a migrant would actually need help with. So it's a social platform for only migration, migrant-related stuff. Yeah. And you move to help them integrate into a community and that whole ecosystem of how everyone from different cultures comes in together. Saturday was just one day as an example. The mm. platform will serve as an ongoing base to be able to do that. I love that. And I love that you set your own algorithm instead of being at the mercy of something else. You say what you're interested in and that's what will that's what you can look at. Yes. That was the goal. Yeah. There's a lot of groups out there that I see. Uh, you know, like in hundreds, you know, but there's not a lot of engagement. So the whole idea was let's solve that problem and bring it all in one place. Great. Well, you are a problem solver and uh, I'm going to be a bit cheeky here. If your wife is talking to you and she just wants you to listen, you're such a problem solver, mate. Are you trying to solve the problems or are you listening? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll skip the wife part because she'll probably say I never listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, I had to do that. When I, was, when I was seeing and reading that you problem solve a problem, that was the first thing that came. Must be the, must be the comedy uh, aspect of me coming out. So you're a tech guy, very well qualified. You've got a lot of great experience behind you and you are the founder of the company After The Why. Now, when I was reading up on that, I thought that was absolutely magnificent because you always hear you've got to have a why, you've got to have a why. And yeah, you want to have a why because you want to remember why you're doing things and and, and have that motivate you. But then what? So tell us about the company that you've created and what you're about and what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So like you mentioned, after the why, war started with the idea that, okay, if if you have a genuine thing that you want to solve, like a problem, I'm lucky to be able to offer that option of, from a product and a technology consulting perspective, once you've known your why, to be honest, like I've, I've heard this for a decade, you've got to know your why. But mm. if you don't have the what and the how and the team or someone to be able to guide you and help you, I think after a while you don't know where to go. It acts as a source of motivation and to keep you going. But what do you do after that if you're not in skilled in certain things? And my goal was I'm going to help people deliver their ideas and make it a reality. And this is in the in the tech space. Yes, uh, startups. So, whether you want to make yeah. an app, websites, all those things. And the Indian made is is an example of it. That that's one of my own products. Great. Well, anyone that wants an app, I'll be talking to you, Devesh, about that. So anyone that wants an app or some <laughs> IT solutions after the why with Devesh Serene is definitely worth an inquiry. Devesh, I think you're amazing. You know that. And I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I love to have inspirational people and you are certainly that. Devesh Serene, you're my Indian mate. I couldn't be prouder to have you as my Indian mate. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, John. And, you know, giving me your time and putting this together for everyone to listen to. All right, let's hug.
Another incredible episode of Arise and Thrive Conversations for Greatness. I hope this conversation has ignited a fire within you, inspiring you to take bold steps towards your own path of greatness. Guess what? The journey doesn't end here. There's so much more to explore, learn and achieve. So if you're hungry for more insights, more inspiration and more strategies to fuel your personal and professional greatness, get ready because the next episode is just around the corner. Every Tuesday, to be precise, where we'll continue to unravel the secrets to unlocking your extraordinary potential. Don't miss out on the chance to keep rising and thriving with us. Hit the subscribe button and you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. And remember, greatness is not a destination. It's a continuous journey, so let's embark on it together. Thank you so much for being part of the Rise and Thrive community. It means so much to me that you're listening. And my wish for you is that you get so much out of doing so. Keep reaching for the stars, keep pushing your boundaries, and keep embracing the challenges that come your way, because that's how we truly grow. Stay tuned, stay motivated, and get ready to rise and thrive. If you're finding value from our conversations, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family, and colleagues. Together, we can create a ripple effect of positivity, optimism, and positive change. Keep shining brightly. Your greatness knows no bounds. And remember, be great and stay awesome.